Hello and welcome to Fibber McGee and Molly from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Well, I'll be a Neanderthal's nephew. Now, McGee, that's no way to talk about your Uncle Otto just because he had a lower forehead than most people. I'm not passing asparagus at anybody in particular, Molly. I'm just giving out with an exclamation of surprise. Oh, I see. You'll notice that my eyebrows are also raised. And that my lower jaw is hanging flat. All right, dearie, just so you aren't making any nasty remarks about the family. Gosh darn it, Molly, forget the family. Aren't you even interested in knowing what I'm surprised about? I can hardly wait to hear. Well, what I'm surprised about is this article here in the paper. It says that this is World Poetry Day. Well, that's the most shocking thing I've heard since Mrs. Coop's call this morning to say that little Willie has the sniffles. Now, if that's supposed to be a humorous comment, it's pretty darn far out of place. <laughs> world Poetry Day is a serious thing. It's a day for ending all the troubles in the world with poetry. Well, I hope they can use the song of Hiawatha to do something about things in the Middle East. Ah, Molly, you don't understand. Poetry is an international language. It brings all kinds of people closer together. <laughs> I must admit that it brought me closer together with my high school English teacher. Oh. In fact, if I hadn't gotten closer to her, I don't think I would have passed. You know, there's one thing about this whole situation that I can't figure. They must be doing something right here in Whistler Vista to celebrate World Poetry Day. And I can't imagine why they didn't call on me to help with the arrangement. Why in the world would they have done that? Why, because I'm one of the best poets in town, that's why. Oh, McGee. <laughs> you are... <laughs> why, you never wrote a line of poetry in your life. Why, I most absurdly did so, too. You surely couldn't have forgotten how active I was in the Peoria Literary Society and Tuesday evening Buck Euclid Club. I never even heard of such an organization. That's because you didn't travel with the same cultured crowd that I did. Oh, come on. But believe me, I turned in some of the best poems that society ever had. Everybody who ever read them said that I was just the type to become a writer. Typewriter McGee, I was known as in them days. Oh, you would. Typewriter McGee, the towering titan of treasured and timely treatises. Touted for my perfect talent from the tropical terrain of Tanganyika to the forty towns of Tasmania, taking time to translate my topical tomes into ten or twelve tongues and transmitting my tidy truisms by television, telephone, Tade, O, and Tom Tom. <laughs> well, I still find it hard to believe that you were ever a poet, Tommy Well, I was. And a plenty good one, too. I showed some of my poems to the editor of a big literary magazine one time. And would you like to know what he said about him? I suppose so, providing it doesn't involve the use of profanity. Far from it. He said I had the rhyme pattern of a Longfellow, the rhyme scheme of a Wordsworth, and the feeling of a Shakespeare. He did? Well, why didn't this editor publish any of your poems then? Well, you must know, he also said that I had the language problems of a Yugoslavian immigrant and the spelling of an Australian bushman. Oh, McGee, you've been pacing like that for hours. If you want some exercise, walking around the block would be a lot better for you than walking around the dining room table. I'm not pacing for health purposes, Molly. I'm trying to get an idea for a poem. Well, I would ask why, but I'm sure that a question like that would only lead to complications. Actually, the reason is very simple. This is World Poetry Day, and I intend to mark the occasion by writing a poem. Heavenly days. If this was dog week, you'd try to have a litter of pups. I would never know such a thing of the kind. The fact of the matter is that I used to be a great poet in my younger days. The talent has just laid dormant for a few years. Well, to be truthful about it, all of you is laying dormant for quite a few years. And I think it's too late to change the pattern now. Well, I'm going to show you just how wrong you are about this, Molly. 
I've got a great idea for a poem crashing around in my cranium right now. All I've got to do is write it down. Where's some paper? Well, it should be somewhere in the lower left-hand desk drawer. Okay, thanks. That, that, that drawer is stuck. Probably the damp weather. Well, I've got to get out that paper before I lose my inspiration. Look, I'll let you pull the whole desk open. Oh, 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 hey, help. I'm pinned under the ruffles. Do something. Just lie still. I'll lift it off of you. There. Are you all right? Yeah, I think so. At least the drawer came open. Now, where's my pen? I think I saw it on the buffet in the dining room. Okay, thanks. Don't trip over the vacuum cleaner cord out there. Oh! Oh, Dad If you're trying to get rid of me, Molly, why don't you just put some ground glass in my oatmeal? Now, don't get excited, McGee. I told you to watch out for that cord. Well, I got the pen. That's the main thing. Now, where's the ink? Right where it always is. On the top shelf of the bookcase. Oh, okay. I'll just climb up in this chair together. Not that chair, McGee. That's the one with the cracked leather. Oh. Oh, dear, oh, dear. No matter where I'm going, I always wind up on the floor. Well, at least you have all the equipment you need now. Uh, where are you going? Aren't you going to ride at the desk? I'm not going to ride any place, Molly. I'm going upstairs to rest for a while. I decided I'm just not in good enough physical shape to be a poet. Well, McGee, I found that copy of Bunny Brown and his sister Sue that you were looking for. Here it is. You still want it? You can just put it there on the table. I'm... I'm reading a much more important book right now, Molly. Not Winnie the Pooh again. No, this is one I got out of the library this morning. It's called The Lives of Great Poets. Heavenly days. Did you go down to the library without your glasses and pick out the wrong book again? Of course not. This is the one I meant to get. Today is World Poetry Day. I'm going to celebrate the event by becoming a poet. So naturally, I've got to read up first on how poets live. I think most of them live from hand to mouth, don't they? Well, they'd all have great tragedies in their lives, if that's what you mean. You can't write great poetry unless you suffer. Well, I'm afraid that lets you out then, dearie. <laughs> Your life can't become much softer unless I start feeding you with a spoon. Well, I admit that I'm not suffering as much now as I should be, but I've had plenty of tragedies in my life. Now, you take that moon touring car that I bought right after we were married, for example. I never did find that dad rattle rattle in the back end of that thing. It used to worry the life out of me. Is that your idea of a great personal tragedy? Well, in a way, but there were plenty of others, too. Like failing to get that scholarship to Harvard that I dreamed of. How could you possibly have gotten a scholarship to Harvard? Why, you didn't even finish high school. I know. I've always felt that that scholarship committee held that against me somehow. But the point I'm trying to make is that I've had enough tragedies in my life to be a poet. The only place where I fall short is that I'm not suffering enough right now. Well, you could carry some of those old newspapers from the attic to the basement. You hate to do things like that. Oh, Molly, that's not suffering. That's just plain work. Poets who suffer eat stale bread and things like that. Do we have any stale bread in the house? I'm afraid not. At the rate you eat it, it doesn't have time to get stale. I guess not. Well, bring me a piece of that angel food cake, then. I'll have a cup of mead with it. Those old-time English poets I'm reading about, they always drank mead. McGee, we don't have any need in the house. You know that. Gosh darn it, and I wouldn't know who to call up to have some delivered either. Well, I guess I'll just have to have a glass of milk with my cake. I don't think you'll suffer much on a diet like that. I will the way I'm going to do it. For one thing, I'm not going to eat the icing on the cake. On top of which, I plan to turn on the air conditioning. What on earth for? Because all the poets in this book suffered by living in cold garrets. Air conditioning will give me the same effect. Well, here's your cake and milk. Go ahead and suffer. Okay, thanks. 
I see. I was going to write a sonnet, but I don't want Shakespeare to think I'm crowding in on his territory, so I'm writing the old instead. That's nice. Well, she just stopped talking now so I could get the thing finished. All right, Jerry. I'll keep quiet. Good. Poet's got to have quiet so that he can concentrate. Don't you want to know what it's old to? No, I don't believe so. Yeah, it's old to a bird. I see. Now, just pipe down now so that I can finish it, will you? All right. Mm-hmm. Let's see. What rhymes with spell? Bone marrow, wheelbarrow, crank barrel. Oh, I got a spell. That's the word you started with. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll change it to a blue jay. Lots of stuff rhymes with that. As a matter of fact, I seem to be finished. You want to hear it, Molly? Well, I don't have any real hopes of escaping, so go ahead. It's called Ode to a Bird. This is it. I think that I have never heard a thing that twitters like a bird. A dog may bark, a sheep may bleat, but only birds can give a tweet. A cow may grow the finest leather, but birds monopolize the feather. I like the song of wren or auk much better than a person's talk. A poet uses only words, and that is why I'm for the birds. Well, what do you think of it? Well, I haven't heard anything like it since Mrs. Toop dumped her cat in the clothes dryer by mistake. 